What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the Catch the Blitz show. You know the deal. Thomas Parkernick joined by Christian Catanacci. Cat, what's going on, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing a little bit better now that, uh, you know, my rival Philadelphia Eagles, Commander Heineke, take flight in Lincoln Financial Field. He flies in there Monday night, and he gets the job done. It wasn't pretty. But my Cowboys just lost to the Packers, and now, you know, that, that makes that loss a little bit easier to swallow. Now I feel like it are. almost makes it worse, because if you guys don't lose that game, you're only one game behind the Eagles. Yeah, but we still got a, we still got a lot. It's a long yeah, season ahead. Long season, but. You're not gonna, we weren't going to win out. You know, a loss is going to happen, and then I actually picked that loss. We'll get into that later, but I picked that loss on the podcast last week. But yeah, I'm doing great. Great Monday morning, despite it being freezing cold outside. You're yeah. fantastic. How are you, Pop? I got to say, you know what? The 1972 Dolphins got to pop their champagne last night. It's always nice when there's no teams left that have the perfect season because it just means it's another year yep. of the Dolphins being the only team to accomplish the feat. And that's right. I said the only team because when the Patriots did it, they didn't win the Super Bowl. So it's nice when you get to remind everyone about how great the Dolphins are in a game that had nothing to do with the Dolphins. <laughs> so yeah, happy uh, Tuesday morning. We got a lot to discuss today. But I guess we'll start off with um, that Monday Night Football game because 11.5-point underdogs and the Commanders get it done. And they get it done in a way that is odd because we've seen the Eagles have so much success through their front seven all year long. Um, Jordan Davis out with an injury, and, and the Commanders just pretty much run rampant over the Philadelphia Eagles, bleeding the clock. There was a point in the game where they had 30 minutes of time of possession and the Eagles only had seven minutes. It was the Brian Robinson and and uh, Gibson show, and, and Terry McLaurin made some big plays as well. But what a, what a statement win from the Commanders, who are now back at 500, meaning the entire NFC East and the entire AFC East are at least 500 or greater. So crazy, crazy times, but... Hats off to those Washington Commanders. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm a little bit disappointed with um, how the game ended. I don't think the calls were were poor. I just, I just, I'm disappointed that the narrative is now okay. The Brandon Graham penalty and the fumble were the reason why the Eagles lost this game. Which, yeah, sure, it factored into them losing the game. But the fact is, we we've both said it before. The Eagles have not yet been tested in, ta- in in the terms of can they come back from playing from behind? And I think we saw it last night that I'm not going to say there's a blueprint to beating the Eagles now, but look, the Eagles are not the 8-0 and Eagles um, if they're trailing from behind at, at halftime like that, right? Like the Eagles, are, they remind me a lot of the Baltimore Ravens um, from 2020 or 2019, the year that Lamar won that MVP, uh, it might even have been before that. It was but 2019, 2019, right? Yeah. They were so deadly when they would take an early lead on you. They would pound the rock, control the clock. Hurts uh, makes those easy throws. Got a lot of weapons, and that's how they slash and gash you. But what did the Baltimore Ravens do in the playoffs? The t- they faced the Titans. The Titans took a 14-0 lead on them, and it was just too much for them to overcome. And I feel like the same... I feel like the Eagles... 
th- that's sort of the same Achilles heel, I guess you can say, is that when they're trailing, it's a different team. And I don't know if the Eagles are capable. Um, I'm, I don't want to say that Jalen Hurts lacks the talent, but it's not his play style. He's not a quarterback that's going to gunsling his way into a game again, right? He, he's got all these weapons around him, but he needs to make it work in terms of that he could use his legs, he can control the clock, he can make the easy throws, and I think that's what we saw last night about the Eagles, and that's why I'm a little bit disappointed that, that a lot of people are talking about the refs and the fumble uh, as opposed to what the real real situation here is. And now, there's a lot of time for the Eagles to overcome this, and, and again, it goes back to, we both said it before when we were looking at their schedule just a few episodes ago, you want the, if you're an Eagles fan, you want them to run through some sort of adversity before you get to the playoffs. You don't want that to come in the playoffs, right? Yeah. So I think on that note, it is beneficial that it happened now. Obviously, losing is no good regardless, but at least there's time now. Okay, this is our weakness. Let's work on our weakness. I think the call at the end was unfortunate. Like, you never want to see a game end in a way like that personally just as a neutral spectator i want to see Jalen Hurts get that ball back and put together some sort of last ditch effort to, to potentially win the game but that doesn't change the fact that the eagles were second best yesterday with with that though i honestly believe that any team when you play a game and the other team just completely dictates the script and controls the clock and plays tough run first football it's very very hard to win the game yeah part of the reason why the eagles have been so good is because they can play like that and they can do that to other teams. So I think that caught them by surprise, especially at home on Monday Night Football. Like, let's be honest, nobody saw this coming. 11.5-point favorites. You don't see that happen. I also think it's encouraging that the Eagles, like I said, they were second best. They were dominated in time of possession. They were dominated in the trenches where I truly believe football's won and lost. And they were still so close. And it was those turnovers that still sort of, you know, shot them in the foot. That Quez Watkins fumble, like... Yeah. And, and we saw a bit of... You talked about them potentially playing from behind and, and learning to overcome that. There was a time where the commentators were saying during the game, oh, it's, it's dead silent at Lincoln Financial Field right now. They need something. And they did that. They got the momentum back in their favor. They had this surge in the second half that where I kind of thought, like, okay, they're going to win this game now, no problem. Um, and then Jalen Hurts delivers a huge strike... The, the crowd's on their feet, and Quez Watkins gets up, and it just sort of summed up how their night goes in it, with, with him fumbling that ball. So, yeah, this could, I mean, like it's week 10, right? In February, yeah, does oh, week yeah. 10 matter? No, not at all. So we can definitely look back and say this is good for the Eagles. Um, or they can become two of the last teams that were undefeated for the longest, and that was the 2020 Steelers and the 2021 Cardinals, or 2019 Steelers. 2020, yeah, 2020 and last so, year's Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals yeah, right, no. They, they get to choose which team they want to be. They're a great yeah. football team. They have Super Bowl potential. Last night doesn't change any of that in my no, eyes. it does not. But now you have the rest of the season. Show how you can bounce back from this. Show you can learn from this. Be better in games early. Make sure you're not you know, trailing from behind. That's unrealistic, but now show that playing from behind, you're a little bit better and you can you can rally a little bit more than you did a night ago. Yeah, no, no doubt. And, and and they did have that surge in the second half. Obviously the Quez Watkins fumble doesn't ha- doesn't doesn't help, but another thing too like the, they almost benefited from playing I'm not again, Heineke is is a good 
NFL quarterback. He he's not in the upper tier, let, let's say upper twenty quarterbacks in the league. But if they're playing a better quarterback in that game, that game's getting blown out of the water. And they the if Washington had a chance to make it twenty seven mm-hmm. to uh, fourteen, I believe, right? And I mean, look, right? You're in the you're in the red zone there. A good quarterback would gash you there. And then again, they had another chance to drive after the after the Dallas Goddard fumble, which horrible missed call but missed calls happen it is what it is and then they proceed to throw a pick to McLaurin there there is there was situations where it almost felt like okay yeah the Philadelphia's gonna win this game but that was also because Washington felt like they were not I don't want to say giving the game away but they weren't stepping on their necks right like like you're talking about a team that is at the end of the day was eight and oh right so like you can't play around when when you get chances to capitalize, especially on the road. And Washington did for the most part, but there were some key parts in the fourth quarter and the third quarter um, where I would have liked to see Washington sort of stick the dagger in the Eagles, and they didn't. And they just left a little bit of life, and that's all you really need, right? Because the Eagles were sort of, you could sense, like Pac just mentioned, they were, it felt like, okay, you know what, maybe they will come back in it because it felt like they just had just that little bit of life left. Like they were on one bar of, of life instead of zero had Washington just stuck that dagger in them. But hey, look, it's <laughs> I don't know if we jinxed the Eagles because you literally just talked about how it was yeah. when were they and we didn't even mention this game. We I, mentioned well, the two games. I was saying that they're going to lose on the road in Houston. That was like my crazy bowl prediction. So that was a 14 point underdog. Yeah. Now the 11 and a half point underdog At home. wins. At home, also on prime time. Yeah. Which was worse for the Eagles. The whole world was watching last night. I think we need to give a little bit more credit to the commanders, and I'll, I'll say this just before, quickly before we move on. Right now in the AFC, the entire AFC East would make the playoffs if the season ended today. In the NFC, the commanders are right there. They're yeah. just one spot back that last wild card spot. What are, after watching last night, has your opinion changed? At all? Like, what, if you give me a percentage of Washington making the playoffs this year. Uh I don't think it's like a crazy low percent. I don't think it's high either. I mean, like they're they're they seem like a five hundred to slightly below five hundred team. Um, like, I mean, they'll, they'll be they'll be in every game. Yeah, they will. And they're five and five right now. That that record is last place in the NFC East. I should call it the NFC Beast, by the way. But yeah. they are they also have a better record than fifteen other NFL teams, and they're dead last in the NFC East. Yeah, it's a crazy year, and that's sort of what we've been getting this year, big surprises. Um, but amidst all the craziness, some things just never change. And, uh, yeah. and I'm speaking about Aaron Rodgers, whether he's playing in Jerry's world or whether he's playing against Jerry's team, he just continues and continues to haunt your Dallas Cowboys. We, we've heard a lot of things about the Packers this year. Um, I think I've said it three three weeks on the show. Oh, they're not going to lose three in a row. Oh, they're not going to lose four in a row. Oh, they're not going to lose five in a row. And I think finally last week I said, like, I'm done with this team. I like, I'm not even gonna. I'm I'm done predicting that a win's going to come. I just don't see the the magic happening. I, th- I think they're just done. Maybe they're just not a good football team. And of course, that's the week that they win. They somehow put it all together. Christian Watson, three touchdowns, vintage Aaron Rodgers, late game comeback, down two scores. How concerning of, of a game was that for, for a Cowboys fan? I, I'm not concerned at all, despite a lot of people. It, I mean, 
there's <laughs> like Dallas Cowboys, the fan base and, and how media treats the team. It's like every single loss, all oh, the, the sky's falling. And don't get me wrong. Week one, I came on the show and I said the season was over. But that's just because I felt like Dak was going to be out for like 10 weeks. Instead, he missed six. But we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, who now improves to seven and one in his last eight games against the Cowboys. And um, sure, yeah, you look at it. The Cowboys blow a four, 14 point lead in the fourth quarter. And the franchise was actually previously 195 and 0 in situations like that. And now 195 and 1. How fitting is it that Aaron Rodgers, obviously, he is now the owner. I think he, we can stamp him. I, I've already stamped him. He's the owner of two NFL franchises, the Bears and the Cowboys. Right? That's fair. We're breaking down his stats over this eight-game stretch that he's had. He's 7-1, 68.8% completion, 15 touchdowns, 2,000 passing yards, and just two picks. One-away passer rating. Like, it's inevitable here. And that whole game I'm sitting there and watching, we got 14 points, and I wasn't even comfortable with that. I, I just... He's done it so many times to the Cowboys that it just felt like second nature. And I know, sure, a lot of people picked the Cowboys. They saw the the four-point spread. They're like, oh, the Packers. They just lost five in a row. The Cowboys are going to hammer them. I said on the show last week that the Cowboys were going to lose to the Packers. Uh, again, it just has to do with me watching this team against Aaron Rodgers. And for some reason, I knew that the Packers, despite their immense struggles this year, were somehow going to look like the Packers from two, the last two years ago, and Aaron Rodgers was going to look like that back-to-back MVP. And what did he do? He came and sliced and diced. Now, am I concerned? Sure. Like, I mean, losing is not fun. A loss is a loss, and it stings. But it goes back to the point where the Cowboys are 6-3. and three. They weren't going to go... 14 and or 15 and two and this was a game that myself picked us to lose so did I expect it sure did I expect them to lose in that fashion no obviously a lot of blame needs to go around like Mike McCarthy needs to do a little bit better um I feel like he coached the game a little bit too much with his emotions right it was a it was a homecoming game like he was returning to Lambo for the first time him and Aaron Rodgers the reunion the reunion which another thing like I thought the media really controlled them some narrative that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy hated each other. Yeah. But like they were like hugging. They were like, I was like, wow, they, these guys had a very legitimate relationship. Um, obviously, I'm sure there were some frustrations on at the end of his tenure. But look, those two guys are, are guys that have immense respect for each other. So I thought that was cool to say. Going back on the game, um, the Cowboys are going to be fine. Uh, again, Losses like this happen on the road against Aaron Rodgers. It's 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 just a difficult game to win, and and especially coming off like Pac just said, coming off five straight losses, like they're going to win a game, right? Yeah. And now I dare I say I think this game is more about the Packers than it is than it is about the Cowboys because I genuinely think that like Green Bay is now. I don't want to say they're back, they back? into it, Are but they back? I don't know, man. I, I don't, don't know. know if if he comes back on Thursday night and 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 torches those the Titans and they're sitting at five and six. I'm gonna be like, okay, the Packers are suddenly players. Like this this Titans game is a, is a huge one because, yeah, like well, first of all, the Packers are three point favorites already, yeah. which is I mean, if you told me that just last week, I would be like, a game where the Packers are favorites, like they must have to have a real good showing against the Cowboys, and they did. Aaron Rodgers looked great. 
Um, it's one of those games where you appreciate how special of a talent he is because he can just elevate weapons that aren't necessarily premium premium talents in the NFL. Um, but I don't know to go so far to say like maybe they're gonna get you know the horse back on uh, you know back on the road here. I, I don't know. Like no, it's, it's it's interesting. It's to think about. I don't, if there's one guy that can do it, if there's one guy that can do it, he said it before. We're gonna run the table, relax. I mean. He had a little bit more to work with then. Um, it's Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, we can't undervalue how good he is, how experienced he is, and, and how he's just able to pull his team out of out of rough situations and sort of put them on his shoulders. It's also an NFC conference that is is weaker in previous years. So if there's a year that they can squeak into the playoffs as a final seed, I think this could be it. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Thursdays is just a, such a such a huge game for them, and it's on a short week, quick turnaround they're going to need to be on it. But, yeah, you have to give a lot of credit. Like you said, this game is more on, on the Packers than it is the Cowboys because it's, it's a game where we appreciate how great Aaron Rodgers is, even though he's had a tough season. And it's a game where we say, like, maybe maybe there's some hope left because there's still, what, you know, seven, eight, seven, eight weeks to go here. Yeah, oh, yeah. So. There's a lot of time. And, hey, Aaron Rodgers would run the – I would pick him to run the table if he was playing the Cowboys every week. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I would pick us to finish, what, we're at six and three – I pick us to finish uh, six and six and 11. eleven if we were playing the Packers every week. But no, seriously, um, I mean Aaron Rodgers looked fantastic on Sunday. Vintage Aaron Rodgers, just classic Aaron Rodgers versus Dallas Cowboys game. Another thing that really caught my eye was um, how I mean I didn't I, I don't want to say I haven't watched a lot of Packers because I have, but I noticed in this game specifically. Christian Watson, right away, right in the beginning of the game, he dropped like two passes on the opening drive, right? And despite not going to him anymore, I thought it I thought it showed a lot of character for Aaron Rodgers when he continued to target Christian Watson, right? He's a young receiver filled with immense tools. Like this guy was coming out of North Dakota State, not a big school, but he was fast, he's super athletic. They invested a pretty high pick on him. Not a first-round pick, but... No, obviously not a first-round pick. He's your receiver. Exactly. You know, the Packers, <laughs> gun to their head, they won't take a receiver in the first right? round. Right, right. But still, like, I really liked... Obviously, I didn't like seeing it because he just slashed us for three touchdowns. But I really thought it was promising that Aaron Rodgers really kept targeting him. And, and Watson could have had four touchdowns. There was, a, there was a play where Rodgers floated the ball, and uh, Watson, it was... a. It was a rookie mistake. Instead of looking up for the ball, he looked back at the quarterback. If he had looked up, that ball's right in his hands. It's a fourth touchdown, right? And we're talking about a completely different game here. It could have been, the game couldn't even have gone to overtime, right? Obviously, um, I mean, look, it stings losing the Packers. It's like, as a Cowboy fan, it's like, when are we ever going to beat these guys? Because it's been... I mean, in any meaningful game, we beat them back in 2016 or 2017 at home at, at Lambeau Field during the season. But it wasn't like a, it was a whatever game. I want to see a meaningful game. I want to see the Cowboys overcome and slash the demons like what like the Packers are. They really they I mean, it's just like, when is this team going to beat them? And I, I genuinely don't know it. it. It's gotten to the point where the pack, the Cowboys could be 16 and 0 and the Packers can be 0 16. And I would still pick the Packers to win the game. But Look, it is what it is. Death taxes and Aaron Rodgers being the Cowboys, right? The three guarantees in life. Yeah, it's become... And watching the CTB show on Tuesday mornings. Four that's, guarantees. That's true, too. I don't know. Like, uh, 
Aaron, like, there's not much more you can say about Aaron Rodgers at this point because even even when you count him out, it appears, especially at the Cowboys, like it, it had. It's like it's like the Cowboys game came at the perfect time. Yeah, it, they, it did. They're it counting really out like did. crazy. But the one thing I want to say about the Packers, and it's like it's so so clear to me that it baffles my mind when this doesn't happen. When Aaron Jones touches the ball and I gets know. involved, their record and and, and how they perform is just astronomically better than when he doesn't get the ball. Make sure this guy gets involved every single game because he's such a special talent. Um, I think you said a couple weeks ago, they're trying too much with the A.J. Dillon, a player that I really like. They're trying too much with the yeah, way, Get way Aaron much. Jones involved. Feed him the ball because yeah. he's their best player. He's their best weapon on offense. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I know how important Aaron Rodgers is. Obviously, he's the quarterback. But this offense runs through Aaron Jones. Absolutely, yeah. Like AJ Dillon is a very efficient short yardage running back, but it doesn't make any sense for them to split touches 50 50. Aaron Jones is way more dynamic. He is so special with the ball in his hands. Whenever he has, it's like Tony Pollard and Zeke situation. I think Zeke's obviously better than, than AJ Dillon, but you still need Zeke. And it was evident that the Cowboys yeah. needed Zeke against the Packers, right? It, let's be real here. As much as people like to bash Zeke, Zeke would have been very beneficial in that game in, those, in the short yardage situations, which like AJ Dillon, but. Like Tony Pollard and like Aaron Jones, they're such dynamic weapons that these offenses need a way to find some sort of just 60-40 script even or 70-30 split between these, t- between these guys because they're just so, so dynamic with the ball in their hands. Um, and if you really are serious about your team winning games, you got to give the ball to those guys. Well, Rodgers uh, wasn't the only veteran quarterback to have a little bit of a resurgence week, and, and Tom Brady did it not just uh, against a hot opponent in the Seattle Seahawks, but he did it across the pond. First ever NFL game in Germany. It was a 9.30 a.m. start time. Um, first of all, I think before we talk about Brady and, and how the Bucks are getting hot, and we've seen this before, and the division's wide open, and it looks like they're starting to run away with it, and all this great stuff. Let's let's show some love to the German crowd. I've said this before. I've been on this train for a while, um, and it's it's sad being someone who lives in North America. But the fans in Europe for every sport are just far and away way better than, than what better. we have <laughs> here in North America. Yeah, NFL is cool. The tailgating's awesome, but European soccer specifically. The chants and the singing and the atmosphere and just how it's like how welcoming the the home fans and sort of the community you you feel is awesome. And I wish we had that here in North America. And I'm glad the NFL is getting a taste of that by playing some games in Europe. And I would love to see more games in Europe because there's a lot of fans there. And, you know, they deserve to to be able to, to see some games. And it's always great to grow the sport. But, yeah, awesome, awesome atmosphere. Um, what were they singing? Uh, uh, sweet, country roads, country roads, and sweet, and sweet Carolina, Carolina as well. Too, right? It was like, awesome. Like that yeah. was the coolest. I I'm on that road with you, absolutely 110. percent I think that just even going back to when they played in in London, the the uh, Giants and Packers when they were talking about uh, shove oh, the cheese, shove the yeah, cheese yeah, up yeah. your ass, chant. Like that's like that's so cool. And I think that's it shows you the two different dynamics between, um, you know, Americans. And, and Europeans. And I think that obviously they're both unique in their each in, in their respective ways. But 
the way Europeans are involved in the game uh, with the chants and the singing, I think it's so, so awesome. And I would love, love, if there was one thing that like I can, I wish it's like, oh, that we could adapt from European sports is like that atmosphere of chants and, and constant singing. I think it's awesome. And the first game in Germany, it's definitely not going to be the last one. Roger Goodell said that he wants to play four games over the next four years in Germany. Um, I would do more. Right, I I thought it was awesome. Like I, I thought the German crowd was amazing. Tom Brady himself said this was like one of the best atmospheres he's ever played in, in yeah. his in, in his career. And the guy's been playing since sliced bread. It seems like 150 years ago, right? But German atmosphere was completely electric. If we have any German listens, uh, listeners up there, I mean, awesome, good for you guys. It's great that the sport's growing out there in Germany. And I'm surprised at how many people. I mean, were were so so involved in the game and and uh it was it was awesome to see obviously tom brady in the bucks single brady's two and oh he's chilling with his glasses he's out he's out there he's got no more distractions he is the real goat he's back and Pac is shaking his head because he is he is scared he's we've, we've all <laughs> seen this happen before and it's like yeah who cares if they're I mean the first year they were seven and five obviously this year it's been worse than that but they just go on a run and like one thing I'll we'll say about we just spent time talking about Aaron Rodgers yeah maybe Aaron Rodgers still has something left in the tank but what makes me more scared of the bucks is that if Brady has the same amount in the tank as Aaron Rodgers does, his weapons are far and away way better. And the Bucs are, are, you know, they're learning new stuff from new players. Uh, Rashad White is turning into a real, real solid dual threat player. Chris Godwin looks like he's back. Julio Jones got in the end zone, which even when he was in his prime, it didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> so it's like, it seems like things are starting to click here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And let's be honest. They're getting a home game in the playoffs. Yeah. They could very well play the New York Giants at home the first round of the playoffs. They could very well play the Cowboys, and I'm going to yeah. be like, come on, are you kidding me? We can't, we can't escape just a simple... We can't just not go one and done in the playoffs for the first time. But it, look, I mean, it really does feel like the turning point. Like, if we're talking Tam, Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, like you just said, like the Packers... Sorry, the, the Bucks. And Brady, Brady specifically, it's almost like everyone's like, okay, he's going to do this again, isn't he? Right? And his schedule's all pretty favorable too, right? Like, he's got his bye. Then he goes on the road against Cleveland, which is the game before Deshaun Watson yeah. comes back. Then he's at home against the Saints on the road against the 49ers versus the Bengals in Tampa at Arizona versus Carolina at Atlanta. Like, that's like, there's five games where I'm ready to like, okay, no matter what, they're winning those games. Obviously, the toss of San Francisco and the Bengals. But even if they do finish five and two, yeah, they're like, that's enough. Game. That's enough to win the division. Like, yeah. let's be honest. The Falcons. It was a nice run, but they really just shot themselves in the foot on that Thursday night football game against the Panthers. That was a must-win game if you want to win this division and stay alive in, in the playoff race. I don't think they're going to be able to keep going and and go above five hundred the rest of the way. So you're looking at a very, very manageable path to win that division. And I truly believe that whoever they play in that first playoff game, just just being, you know, Brady in the playoffs, assume that they're, you know, continue to build on, on what they've been doing, they're gonna be favorites. Oh yeah. They're gonna be favorites in oh, a playoff yeah. game. And 
now you get to the point where you start getting scared because, like we've said it all year, it's a wide-open conference, and if there's one guy to get it done, you're looking at him. Especially, like you said, all the, the distractions, quieted. He can just focus on the one thing that we all know he loves, winning and football. Um, they're not perfect. If they throw a pass from Leonard Fournette to Tom Brady, one-on-one, three rolling again, <laughs> they're not going to win games. That was the most outrageous. Like, how can you call that play? So what was worse, that or the Colts' fake punt when oh, they that, had no offensive When they had line. one, the yeah, snap, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. That was, the, no, I don't know. Okay, that, that Colts call was probably the worst play design. And, and like, when you're designing that play, there's no way you think that's going to work. <laughs> I feel like that to this day, like the, they weren't supposed to snap that ball. But yeah, that's that's a Pat McAfee story. Yeah, that we, I don't know. That's more about. terrible. But this one was just as bad. Like you're asking Leonard Fournette, who I believe that was his first attempt to pass in the NFL. I believe looked like it anyway. And going up against like rookie phenom yeah. Tariq Woolen with Tom Brady, wide receiver one, guys forty five years old trying to. I, I think Tariq Tariq Woolen was probably. Still a star in the sky when Brady was yeah. first year, first in the league, first uh, season in the league, right? So, I mean, crazy uh, play call to say the least. I, I, they were giving, some, they were giving the Germans something to get exciting about, you know. If you were just like casual, like who knows? The NFL comes for the first time ever. There are probably some people that were like, let's, let's go check this out. Yeah, like maybe they're not even, they don't even know much about the NFL, and that's what they see. They're probably like, what's going on? What is this sport? Like, <laughs> well, they see what. So it was a buck. It was a Bucks home game, right on paper. But for some reason, there was like a ton of Seahawks fans there. I mean, ton. in the last ten years, the Seahawks have had a lot of success. Yes, that's true. You can think the Bucks. I mean, Tom Brady. You think like there's there's people here in Canada that are just like Tom Brady fans. Yeah, like, so well, like they're Bucks fans. Yeah, they're Bucks fans now. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that that still is a little bit surprising, but hey, the Seahawks have been a, a, a great franchise for a while. Poor, poor Seahawks, man. We we were. Hey, crazy. I'm not writing off the ship for the no, Seahawks. No, no, me neither. No me way, neither, but no way. It's a game that was unfortunate slipped away. They're still in in the driver's seat. Yeah, Gino Gino wrote an essay that game. Yeah, he, was, he tried it out right back, but you know he's got he had writer's block for a little bit. You remembered, so he starts writing. But before he was shredding the paper away. He wanted to sh- he was shredding it a little bit in the game too. Like at the, yeah, he still had a really end. good game. Yeah, right. He he was he had his moments, but there was the times where he he indeed wrote back. But look, I would write back too if I was playing the, if I was playing Tom Brady first game in Germany. Right, it it just felt like a maybe a situation. I know I did. I know I picked them on the the hammer last week, but it was a little bit of an emotional pick. Uh, I I still like the Seahawks. I still think they're a legitimate team that could. I mean dethrone the, the 49ers as, as champions of that division. But back to the Bucks, Tom Brady, it just feels inevitable. We're going to be sitting here in two, three weeks when they go into Cleveland, be New Orleans, and they're going to get a four-game win streak. And we're going to be like, okay, let's look at the playoff picture, and the Bucks are just going to be right in there, right? And, I mean, Pac is going to be very disappointed. I'm going to be disappointed, too, uh, because I'm a big Brady guy, but... You know, I, I'm I'm all for the new era, uh, but he doesn't seem to want to die. And now that he's got nothing else going on in his uh, at home life outside of his kids, who knows? We could see Brady play till fifty. 
I'm going to double down. I, I think, yeah, easy schedule, whatever. They win the division. I think they lose in the playoffs. First game at home, whatever. Whoever they're playing. Giants, 49ers, Cowboys, uh, Commanders. <laughs> Commander Heineke? I'm, I'm going against Brady. I'm, I've, I haven't learned. I'm Commander been Heineke. against him since I was... Nine years old. I'm gonna keep doing it. So Commander Heineke with the chains. They, yeah. they did the per, they did the per cousins. Oh man, that's another team. That's just, <laughs> what's going on over there? Bold claims, fuck bold claims. All right, you mentioned uh, you had the Seahawks and the Hammer, and it wasn't uh, a two and a week. We'll get to the Hammer in this in a second, but we got to talk about another surprise. Like I think actually underdogs were eight and six straight up this week, so there were a ton of surprises in the NFL. Wow. But one of the big ones was very similar to the Packers game. NFC North team winning, come from behind win, down, I think, 17, 14 at one 17 point. 17 points. It was 27 to 10. Yeah. The Minnesota Vikings on the road in Buffalo in one of the best games. in in It's it's for sure the game of the year this year. It's the best regular season game I've watched in some time, I think. Um, but same old story for the Bills. Close game, loss. Josh Allen in overtime. 0-4 in his career. His record in one-score games in the past couple of years is not pretty. Um, Bills are now third place. Third place in their own division. I mean, they're still Super Bowl favorites, but with how overwhelmingly the, the division favorite, and they've been clear-cut Super Bowl favorites all year long. They start the season, they look like this unbeatable juggernaut. For them to be third place in their division through 10 weeks is crazy. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you, what do you have to say about these Buffalo Bills? It's the it's the Kirk one o'clock special. He's undefeated. He's undefeated in the one o'clock. He's, he's the best quarterback of all time at one o'clock. Four twenty five, mm, pretty average. Eight thirty, worst quarterback ever. Monday Night Football belongs in the CFL, but Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings, Perk Cousins, I should say, as the uh, Memes are on Twitter with the with the with the chains. I saw Patrick Peterson put on the chains now yeah. too. I mean, they're not going to beat the Cowboys, so I wonder what next win what they're going to do with the chains. But Josh Allen, I mean, look, he struggled once again, and I I mean it's it's a lot because I feel like the the Bills they play hero ball with Allen. It's like okay, if Allen's not going to go out there and win us the game, we're going to lose, right? And I don't necessarily think that's the right recipe to, for success. Like, sure, yeah, you have a generational talent in Josh Allen, but you got to make his job a little easier, yeah. right? I don't think it's fair to the guy for him. Like, okay, Josh, go play football and and, and play hero ball and and hopefully we win the game, right? I, I don't know. There's a lot of teams that do do that too, right? It's like for some reason, offensive coordinators think, okay, we have a superstar at quarterback. Let's just let him play hero ball. But, like, wouldn't you want... You know how effective and efficient of, of an offense would be if they just made it simple? Yet, a simple offense with a superstar running it? Look at Brady. That's what Brady did his whole, his whole career, right? And, I mean, obviously Josh Allen needs to play better. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he had multiple chances to win this game, and he fell up short. Now it goes back to... I don't know if there's something wrong with his arm because, I mean, obviously there's that elbow issue, but I just don't want to know how much it's actually affecting his play on the field because it feels like he doesn't trust his arm at all, right? 
like there was multiple times in this game and even last week against the Jets where it comes down to it instead of him throwing his way out of a jam he tries to run his way out of a jam right and it's not something I mean Allen's got a like he's crazy out of the backfield he's he's huge and he's super fast but like He's also got a big arm too, and I, I think he's got to trust it a little, a little bit more. He seems like, I mean, at least over the last two weeks, that he's almost a run first type quarterback. Like if there's if his first read isn't there, he's taking it off and, and trying to run right. And another thing that drives me crazy: if I was a Bills fan, Josh Allen takes a, so many unnecessary hits, and I know he gets away with it because he's six foot. 400 and 260 pounds but like you gotta be right like yeah. he is going into tackles like he's a running back but alan you got a 15 year career ahead of you right like you got to relax a little bit but look credit to minnesota comeback was incredible right the fact that they, they were able to just be so persistent i mean dalvin cook drops the ball in the one and everyone's like oh the game is over right there was people that the nfl i'm pretty sure posted a picture of the score after that, and said, okay, it was something like something like a pregame, like a postgame post, like, oh, Bills defeat the Vikings at home, something like that. And they had to delete it because next play, fumble, fumble yeah. touchdown. I, I didn't even, I, I had no idea that would happen. Goes to overtime. Still, Vikings deserve, deserve a lot of credit, but this game was there for the, for the Bills, and they just fell short for the second straight week. Yeah, these one these one score games have really haunted them, and we've said when they win, they tend to be blowouts. Um, you have to credit the Vikings. They kept saying on the broadcast they need that signature win, and on the road in Buffalo, down seventeen points is as signature as it gets. And this team is for real. And Kevin O'Connell deserves to be in the in the coach of the year conversation, hundred percent. Obviously, though, we're going to focus on the Buffalo Bills because they're the Super Bowl favorites, and and they've dropped two in a row in their third place in their division. I'm being very honest. Um, I don't really care about this game at all. And I don't think I learned anything new from watching this game. Yeah. We've seen it in past years. A year ago, the Rams lost three in a row at one point in the season. And the Chiefs also started the year five and three four. and four, five, five and, and four. four. They were last year, I think. Or they had a horrible start. It doesn't matter how you play in, in November, in December. It's always been about peaking at the right time. Yes. And the Bills could very well go into December and go into January into the playoffs, and Josh Allen could play the best football we've ever seen from him, and they'll win the Super Bowl. Yeah. But it's exactly that. It's it's ride or die with Josh Allen. Yes. And the Bills have become one of the most predictable teams in the NFL because you know Josh Allen's going to step back and launch it to Stefan Diggs 15 times a game. You know Gabriel Davis is going to get his you know six or seven targets. And you know Josh Allen's going to run and take off for the ball 10 or so times a game. Yeah. It's the same script every week. It works when Allen plays amazing. And when he doesn't, they lose. Um... For four years now, they've failed to build a run game with a carousel of backs. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. Um, now we got... Uh, Naheem Hines, James Cook. Yeah, Naheem Hines, James Cook. Thank you. Um, it's it's a little bit, I guess, worrying in that aspect. But at the same time, you also know what this team is capable of. And like I said, it's what today? November 15th? Yeah. November 15th. Do I care that Josh Allen, you know, threw a couple picks and they lost November 15th when I know he's more than capable of 
if he just plays a little bit better, he'll probably win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it's it's it I'm I'm very, very back and forth on this one because it's like, yeah, they have the highest ceiling, but at the same time, maybe if they just try to do things a little bit differently, they could be that much better. Um, I don't know. I, I'm a big believer in in running the football. I think. Yeah, it's important. And running up, running, if they would establish a run game, it opens up so much yeah. more for that offense, right? It allows them to get more receivers involved and it allows those Josh Allen runs to become just a little bit more efficient. Um, but yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Like, there is a lot of. Like I mentioned before, there's a lot of teams that like to play hero ball with their quarterback just because their quarterback is capable of it. That doesn't mean you should just, okay, let's ride or die with Josh Allen, right? Um, But, I mean, before the season, we said, look, the gap in that division between the Dolphins and the the Bills is not as big as as a lot of people think it is or as as it was perceived to be. And I think we're seeing that right here. Like, if, if we're playing... If we're talking Bills versus Dolphins, I think they play today 10 straight games. It's a 5-5 split, right? That's kind of music to my ears to hear that just because it's... I, I genuinely believe so. And I think that just shows you how... Um, I don't I don't want to say the Bills like almost missed their opportunity last year, but it's true. Like Stuff comes and goes in the NFL, right? And there's no guarantees. And a lot of people said, oh, the Bills are going to dominate the division for years. And... We're not necessarily seeing that. Even the Jets sitting at six and three. Yeah, sure. Say what you want about the Jets, but the fact is, if the Bills sit at in third place right now in this division. Third place, which a lot of people had them winning this division by four games. Yeah. Right? It's 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 crazy. Uh, I know it's only week. We just finished week ten, but it's hard to not be at least a little bit concerned um, when you talk about the Bills and the outlook of the Bills. Because I mean, it goes back to what we just said again. If Josh Allen isn't playing his A game, the Bills seem to just fold. Yeah, and and the Dolphins and the Jets need to continue this high level of play in the later months of the season, which is they haven't done that yet. They haven't proven that yet. Well, the Bills have. But the one thing I'll say about the Dolphins specifically is they can win in more ways than, than the Bills can. Miami's won games 35 to 32. They've also won games 16 to 13. Um, they can play hard nosed defense. They can also run the ball. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert combined for over 150 yards on the ground this week, and two also three through three touchdowns. Miami just won a game by a lot against Cleveland with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle not really having that great of a day. So I feel like when the Bills win, it's always Stefan Diggs goes off, and it's always Josh Allen needs to have a big day. It's not the case with Miami, and that's maybe why. I'm not going to say like I'd like them better right now to to win the Super Bowl or to win the division or whatever. Um, I still think this is the Bills' division to lose, but it's just that that gives me a little bit more confidence because Miami's not as reliant on one player yes. or, or not even just one player, but one pathway to winning. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's so important, um, especially in today's NFL. You need multiple ways to win games, and it's not just trust the quarterback and and play hero ball anymore. And I think that the uh, the Buffalo Bills are showing that there's pros and there's there's cons to playing that type of football, and the Dolphins are doing the complete opposite. All right, to wrap up the show, as we always do, it's time for our favorite segment, The Hammer. The best segment. Powered by our friends over at BetStamp. Big week for me last week, 2-0. I haven't had a 2-0 week in a while. 
Um, you were one and one, so I'm now just half a game behind you. I believe you're ten and six. I'm nine, six, and one. So you're ten eleven and, and six. I'm ten and six. Ten and or six. Or no, eleven and six, I guess. Yeah. No, ten and six. Ten and six, I am. Yeah, ten, yeah, and, ten six. and six. Okay, and I'm nine, six, and one. So I'm just uh Math struggles here at the C D B show. Half a game behind you. Do I have the first pick? Yes. I had the first pick last week. This is worrying me. Um you know what? We're gonna we're gonna keep it going with a team that's 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 red hot right now. I'm gonna take the Chicago Bears. Justin Fields is running like crazy. His five his 559 rushing yards over the last five games is the most a run a quarterback has run for in any five game span. They play the Falcons. They are plus three underdogs. Wow! So I really like them. That's on the Betstamp app. It'll get you the book there. That's with uh, Bet99. You can get them at plus three. They are on the road, but Falcons did not look good. And I think, you know, defensively, Justin Fields can give them a ton of trouble. I expect him to keep it rolling on the ground. Take the Bears, plus three at Bet99. Um, and, yeah, let's keep going. Looking for another 2-0 and week. This this pick might might shock some because I'm going to take the Rams here. They're plus three and a half on the road against the Saints. And now they don't have Cooper Cup. Uh, Matthew Stafford, I presumably will play even though he had a concussion this past week and the Rams just look very very subpar uh but I think this more has to do with the value at three and a half right you you take those three points I don't think the Saints are even capable of beating a team by more than three points especially like a team like the Rams I know the Saints are a difficult team to play at home um but look the Saints could win by a field goal and I'm still covered here so that's why I'm going to take the Rams plus three and a half at FanDuel. Hey, I'm not going to lie. It's a bit of an eyebrow raiser, especially with no, uh, with no Cooper Cup. But Allen Robinson take. resurgence game. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. A lot. Maybe, or Ben maybe your, your, your second pick, you just take Allen Robinson's over for yards. Ben Skoranek. But uh, this is another one, and I'm taking an underdog, which is, makes it the third, the third underdog of the week. Maybe it's the week of the dog on the CTB show. Um, the New York Jets... This is a team that, in their division, they struggled for so long. They lost 12 straight games in their division going into the season. This year, they've already beaten the Bills. They've already beaten the Dolphins. Their one loss in the division was at home to the New England Patriots. The New York Jets are also a very, very good road team. And they're going into a game coming off their bye week that perhaps is the biggest game that they've played in several, several years. If they win the game, they have a chance to be first place in the division. If they lose this game, they're the clear-cut last place team in the division, which is crazy. How often do you see that 11 weeks into an NFL season? Like I said, they're very, very good at the road. They're plus three and a half underdogs on FanDuel. That's minus 125. Hammer them. Hammer. Hammer them. They've already lost to New England once this week, and it it was not a good showing. Expect them to get back on track. This is a playoff team. I don't think, or... This is a potential playoff team. I don't think that a potential playoff team will allow themselves to get swept by a team in their division. And if they lose to it to New England, it will be exactly that. So give me the Jets at plus three and a half. I like that pick. And and it is the week of the dogs here because I'm pulling out another underdog four pick. Four straight that's underdogs. Four, uh, Look at that. That's four dogs. I'm going with Pox Lions. Oh, the three in a row. Lions on the road against the Giants. I Sure, Giants seven and two right now, but... The Lions are the wor- are the best worst NFL team I've ever seen in my life. They are. They're always in games. So even if they don't win this game, three and a half, more than enough to cover them. DeAndre Swift seeing his workload increase. 
They got St. Brown. Jared Goff seems to be playing solid football. Dan Campbell going to rally the boys. Lions, plus three and a half. I bet MGM. I think this game is going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to be a three-point swing no matter what. I'm taking the three and a half points. At bet MGM just shows you the value the bet stamp app is showing you here, right? And if you have the bet stamp app, obviously put CTB in the referral code in the in your profile. If you have yet to download the bet stamp app, download it, use the code CTB upon sign up. It's completely free. It's a really cool app. Um, even if you're brand new to, to um, gambling as a whole, they have a ton of resources that you could use. They do even some cool Zoom uh, onboarding, teaching you, bet, uh, teaching you about betting. If you're interested in that, obviously let us know um, and we'll be happy to help you out there. But the week of the dogs, four straight dogs. Four dogs. Four dogs. Let's go. Let's ride, everybody. It could either be a 4-0 week or it could be an 0-4 week. I feel like I, I think it's going to be a 3-1 week for us. I'm not going to say where the loss is going to come from. But it's probably going to be your Rams pick. But whatever. Best of luck to everybody. Watch. Now we're going to go one and three, and that's going to be the only one that yeah. hits. But we'll see. It was a good, decent week. I mean, we're three and one yeah, combined last decent. week. Hey, our records are something to be proud of. Ten and six against the spread is 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 good. And yeah, not nine, bad. Nine six and one is 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 not too shabby either. So keep it rolling on the hammer. Down the bet stamp app. You're in there under media picks. Your locks are on fire as well. So I'm if on you want to tail him, I'm on fire. Get on the bet stamp mortgage only though. And uh, big units, <laughs> big units only. And yeah, guys, that's the that's the show for this week. That's the hammer. If you made it to the end, thanks for tuning in as always. And I just want to say one thing before we go: Tua Tungavailoa is far and away the MVP leader of this <laughs> oh, right now. Josh oh, Allen lost this week. Jalen Hurts lost this week. Patrick Mahomes. People are just bored of how good he is, so he can throw five thousand yards and fifty touchdowns. We want to give it to someone new. Tua's <laughs> no, that no, no. guy. You want to give it to Tua someone new. Tua <laughs> is that guy. Miami is rolling right now, and they're going to keep it rolling. Even on bye week. Even on the bye. They're going to win Tua's on the bye. keep it rolling. They're winning on the bye. We're winning the bye this week. We've won four in a row. Tua's going down to my, Maui again. Seven and oh with Tua when he finishes the game. Um, I told you all. Anyways, thanks for listening, guys. That's all I wanted to say. Take care, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. <laughs> Beast fuck.